Hello and welcome to Cycling Talk with me, Georgia Mahoney. Today, I'm joined by TT road rider and creator of No Pins, Blake Pond. Me and my family have known Blake for a long time, and his story shows that even if things don't work out on the bike, there are still plenty of opportunities involving cycling. Thank you for joining me today, Blake. You're welcome, Georgia. It's nice to uh, get you in the factory and have a chat to you about the uh, podcast. So how did you first get into cycling and what was your first memory of riding a bike? Um, so I think like most children, I think I was bought like a bike for Christmas or something like that. Um, you know, and uh, I'm, I actually remember it now thinking back. It was a, a, a BMX with um, like this checkered like flag type design on it and stuff so that was my my first bike that I had um but like my first sort of memories of like riding a bike really um were with my granddad who was um also like a really good cyclist but obviously a long time ago so um yeah so that's how I sort of got into cycling. Can you remember your first race? My first race um yeah I can remember it It was it was West Point one of the West Point crits and it was um well, it must have been about 1999 or something like that. It was like, I think, I remember that because uh, Armstrong won the tour that year and I think that, so that was the year it was. And um, yeah, so it was a West Point Criterium race and I believe Mark Cavendish might have ridden. Oh, wow. But he it was when he was like on the GB um, like development team or something like that because it was like a long time ago. Um, so yeah, but that was my first ever crit and I was, I should imagine they were down here because there wasn't a huge amount of races on at the time, but yeah, that was the first, the first race I did. What was it like? Well, it, yeah, the, it went pretty well. The race went, the went, race went quite well. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a couple of races in the same day, um, down at West Point. I think I did the junior race and then I did the, I was able to do the senior race as well. And I'm um so I did quite well in the junior race and I remember coming away with the bronze with the bronze BC medal so I like I got a medal. I wasn't mm-hmm. like 100% sure what that meant because that was my first bike race um you know yeah. like then so uh but it was obviously a regional championship and I got a regional medal. Um but then in the second race I had a crash like oh, no. I uh, clipped my pedal going around one of the corners because uh, it's quite a tight circuit mm, West yeah. Point. Um, and uh, yeah, had an off, but then I, I still finished the race, but uh, with a bit of road rash and a, yeah. and a trip to the St John's ambulance uh, van. <laughs> so that was my uh, my first racing experience. Yeah, the West Point races are really cool because it's on like a sort of a learning how to drive course. So it's got yeah. like, the traffic lights and the roundabouts, and obviously it must have been weird because then you realise that the racing was a lot different from that again because that's a very different course from most courses yeah my my next race after that actually was like a brent tour road mm. race and mm. uh, yeah like you say it's a lot different like the west point crit is like you've got that little climb in it so yeah. it's quite a hard course and you've got like a mm. few corners and then the, the race after that i did the brent tour circuit which again is a really hard circuit but mm. uh completely different type of racing and uh not so fast and furious as it was around west point yeah so <laughs> when did you realize that you were a good rider um i think like just from going out with other people when mm. you were going out riding and um you get to the top of a climb or and you're sort of like one of the last people left and uh you know mm. uh, that was sort of you start to people start to say call oh, you you know you're a strong rider mm. um 
and you you know uh, yeah you're going to races and you're doing okay and then like out on group rides people are, are struggling to keep up with you I think that's when you you first realize you're um, you know you, you've got some strength that somebody else hasn't got mm. um, so yeah, yeah I think it was a group ride and people going crikey like this guy's strong yeah. on the climbs that was uh, <laughs> when uh, I first sort of maybe thought I might be able to be quite good <laughs> what sort of training were you doing when you were younger to be honest, um, back when I was like, you know, when, I, when you say younger, I mean, I'm quite old now, so I'm like <laughs> approaching 40, but like um, when I was like 16, 17, when I first started riding, um, it, it was, training was a lot less scientific than it is now. Mm. So I used to just ride, to be honest. I used to just yeah. go out and ride um, and, you know, maybe do a hilly route or a flat route. Mm. And I just had a heart rate monitor. I didn't have anything else and and at the time again I didn't really understand what any of that meant so I just Mm. used to ride um I think a lot you know a lot of people then did did just used to ride obviously now it's completely different and training's all structured and around power and um Mm. all those different things that you can use now to get fitter um so but yeah back then it was just go out ride my bike that was it yeah did you always ride for a club or a team um when I first started, I was unattached, so I wasn't with anybody, um, and uh, I lived in Bradworthy, which is quite, mm. you know, it's a bit out in the sticks, um, so North Devon Wheelers was, you know, like, I suppose the local club, but mm. I went out a couple of times with them um, on group rides, but I wasn't actually a member, and uh, yeah, so when I first started racing, I was unattached, and my first actual club, I think, was North Devon Tri Club, because I used mm. to... Um, because there wasn't much bike racing around here, I eventually ended up doing some triathlon mm. um, just to get some competition. Um, so that was my first club I joined. What disciplines did you do when you were younger? Um, so it, we just touched on it there. I did triathlon, yeah. um, which obviously has got cycling involved in it. Yeah. It was quite easy to access triathlon here because you had like yeah. Bude and Newquay and Foy and yeah. Perrinporth. Um, and my circle of friends and the people I used to ride with at the time, a few of them were doing triathlon. Mm. So I did triathlon and then, um, with regards to just biking, it was just, I'd go and do the, um, like if there was a local criterium or road race, I'd go and do that. I didn't have much, um, sort of ability to travel too far. Yeah. Um, so cause my mum, uh, wasn't driving and uh, I was living in Bradworthy, so I used to mm. have to rely on other people going to events. Um, so yeah. that's mainly why I ended up doing triathlons because my friend uh, James Marshall, he was a triathlete and he used to go to the triathlons. Mm. Um, and then um, I made some other cycling friends and then I could get lifts to yeah. the other races. Um, but yeah, they were the, they were the uh, so road, the odd criterium and then triathlon. Yeah, so you didn't do any TT riding when you were younger then? No, no TT oh. riding. No, I didn't even know that the, um, the Barnstable, they had like a club 10 until I was a bit older. So uh, I think I think like um, back then the um, you didn't really have like the internet or anything, mm, so yeah. it was a lot more difficult to find out about things going on. Mm. Like I said, it, being out in Bradworthy, it was um, quite isolated out there. So I think if you lived in Barnstable or Bidford or something like that, you mm. would have known more about the time trials. But um, you know, yeah, back then you couldn't really find out any information about things like that at all, other mm. than phoning somebody up. So yeah. yeah. So you rode the National Road Series. What was that experience like for you? Um, hard. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so uh, this is probably a bit later on because um, I 
I was sort of road when I was probably 16 to about 20 and then work took over for a bit and I didn't ride for a few years um, and then I started racing again uh, like in my mid-twenties I suppose mm. it was and I, I started doing um, sort of quite well straight away so I, I uh, went up through the categories quite quickly mm. um, and then I started doing some of the premier calendar events which is probably what you're referring to with the National yeah. Road series um, but obviously you're racing racing against like mm. seasoned professional sort of riders that have done it their whole life um, so yeah it was it was always good experience but it was always hard so it was always mm. just about like trying to finish really those races without getting like mopped up by the broom wagon um so yeah so uh did quite a few different ones and they were again they were always miles away like yorkshire and places yeah. like that really hard uh really hard racing um but yeah a good experience yeah i don't actually know that much about sort of the senior category so how does that work in road in road racing um, so you basically, um, when you first start, you'll start as a fourth category rider mm. and then you score points and you move up through the categories. Um, so, um, yeah, by doing well in races, you score points and then you can move up through the categories and, uh, yeah. So like, for example, like if you want a, a criterium or something then it might have 25 points and mm. you'll like gather some points and then once you get to 10 points, you go to third category and then once you get another 40 points, you'd go to second category mm. And I still think it's the same. And then it's it's 200 points to go to first and then 300 yeah. points to go to elite. So on yeah. top of that. So, um, so yeah, it was a bit like a bit of a points game. So you had to yeah. like, you had to race um, quite a lot and do quite well mm. at the races you were doing. And then you could move up through the categories. Yeah, so. that sounds cool. It's almost a bit like the gridding in cyclocross where you have to get more points to get higher up. Yeah. in the grids so you have to get more points to be higher up in races yeah it's pretty much the same but you only have one category don't you like senior yeah but then you get yeah. points yeah and then you mm. get, yeah get up the gridding can you tell me about your experience at the national time trial championships um yeah so i rode i've ridden a few national time trial championships best result i ever had was sixth i think um alex Dowsett won that year um and uh yeah, there was like Stephen Cummings and I think Geraint Thomas also did it oh, as well. Wow. So it was quite a quite a decent national championships, and I was like one of the better amateurs, I suppose. So mm. I came, yeah, I came sixth, like significantly down on those guys, but yeah, still <laughs> nice to get a get like a top ten yeah. at the nationals. Um, but yeah, I mean the national, it's always nice to go to a national event like that, and I think that that's one of the the cool things about cycling. I mean, if you you know you go to like another event that I went to that year one one by Wiggins I mean it's not very often you get to like ride in an event with like you know people that are like world-class mm. winning the Tour yeah. de France and stuff and cycling allows that I mean it's like football you'd never go and get to play with like Messi yeah. or something like that but cycling it's like quite diverse in the groups mm. so uh, but yeah. yeah they're always cool to go to because it's just like a bit of a um you know you can tell it's prestigious and you've got those you know really top like riders that you really look up to riding yeah um and uh yeah so that makes it enjoyable um you know slim chance for somebody of um you know amateur level that's not full-time to win it but yeah you know, it's nice to go and do well and do a national championships what was your most memorable road experience well it's been there was a lot of um a lot of experiences um road racing I mean it's like 
you know, always super hard road racing. Um, I think probably my uh, one of one of the ones the races I always look back to are like the um, the regional championships. I've won the South, uh, the Southwest Regional Road Race a couple of times, um, and I'll, you know, I think you look back to those as like good memories of, mm. of races that you won and did well in, and um, yeah, that's that's what I tend to look back to. Yeah. What's your favourite TT course? Uh, ooh, that probably have to be the local one, I suppose. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's nice when you um, you go to different courses or um, like a course like the um, R25 in Wales, which is like super yeah. fast. It's like one of the that's the, like the fastest 25 course. But my I suppose like stand out my favourite the course I've always enjoyed riding would be the like the Bishop's Tournament Ten. Yeah. Um, just because it's just local and you know it and you can gauge how you, your performance on it quite well because you, yeah. you just know the course um, so yeah and I quite like it that it's like B roads and it's rolling mm. and it's a bit it's not like a complete dual carriageway course yeah. so yeah that's why I quite like the local one so actually you said earlier that when you were younger you just did road and um, triathlons what then brought you to time trials? I think the first time trial I did was around the same sort of time as I got back into um, road racing in my mm-hmm. mid-twenties and um, people were starting to say about the Barnstable 10, you know, the one yeah. locally. And uh, I just thought I'd go and have a go um, because I, I I didn't really know anything about time trialling. And the, my first one I did was on a road bike. Um, but then I soon realised that you needed like to have a yeah. time trial bike if you wanted to do good. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so I think... I got yeah I got into it because of that really and people just saying locally that it was uh, you know to to have a go and everyone was like you know it's like everyone compares each other against each other don't they especially locally yeah. so uh, so yeah went and uh, went and had a, a crack yes so you were doing really well in all the national races and then it all changed can you tell me what happened um, yeah, so um, I well, I got to thirty and I fell apart really. I, <laughs> I seemed to like I had like so from I think I was about twenty four when I started riding again, twenty four, twenty five, and I had four or five really good years. Um, and then in twenty fourteen, I had like my best, um, my best ever year. But then I had some unfortunate health issues. I had a problem um, with my kidney and I ended up having mm. to have a kidney removed. Um, and then alongside that they found that I had like a fracture in my back and that's from when I'd been knocked off by a car Mm. Um, at the time it wasn't picked up when I was Mm. originally knocked off by the car but I'd always had back problems since then like struggled Um, Mm. and uh, yeah unfortunately the fracture had got bad enough that it needed like surgical intervention and to be repaired Mm. and that sort of brought an end to my uh, my riding at the, at the time and uh, like I didn't think I'd ever ride again um, yeah. you know after I'd had the the back surgery because it didn't go 100% to plan oh that so. sounds terrible did that affect your fitness and your mental health at all yeah definitely I mean um, obviously like I went from being super fit to being well you know really unfit you know mm. um, so I wasn't um it wasn't training at all. I couldn't do anything because um, my back pain was really bad. Um, so, yeah, I was, like, always on medication and, um, you know, like, painkillers and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, not being able to ride was really tough, especially, um, you know, m- you know, my bu- we'll talk about it later, but my business is all built around cycling. Mm, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was hard on me because I was 
constantly like talking cycling all day yeah. every day but then I couldn't do it mm. um yeah and I think I really got depressed and really suffered quite badly mm. you know for you know um in the beginning not so maybe not so much but then as time went on it definitely got worse yeah. that I couldn't ride my bike mm. so what inspired you to start no pins um so no pins was one of those um just one of those ideas really that I I happened to um just come up with it was um so in 20 I think it was about 2013 2014 I'd saved up some money and I bought like a really expensive skin suit at the time it was um mm. it was like the top like the top one that everyone wanted it was steady yeah. body paint skin suit and uh I was working at the bike shop at the time as well so I didn't have huge amounts of money so I had to like save my money to get the suit and then mm. after a few races um I'd ripped a hole in the back oh, of it gosh, with the safety yeah. pins um, and I, and I thought, oh, there's got to be a better way of like attaching your race number. Mm. And uh, so yeah, I, I sketched out like a, a design of like a pocket in the back of a skin suit, and just mm. thought, oh, I wonder if you could do something like that. And if it was built in, it means you wouldn't have to pin your number, and it'd yeah. be easier, and all that sort of stuff. And then, like s- stupidly, I actually then actually then like put that idea in my sock drawer, like my tra- in my training <laughs> sock drawer, and I never and I didn't really do anything about it for a few years. But that's um that's what sort of like was the initial seed of no pins mm, was like yeah. ripping the hole in my skin suit that I'd like mm. saved money to buy and I was gutted that I'd like destroyed it like mm. you know pretty much after like two or three races. Yeah. So um so yeah that that was the seed of of no pins. When did you realise that you were onto a great idea? Um, I started to. Like, I think after I'd drawn up that sketch and I'd actually like called it no pins and everything, uh, sort of, I think it like switches something on in you. And I, every time I'd yeah. go to a race, I'd hear people like moaning about pinning the numbers on. Oh, really? Or they'd wow. be like, you know, like going, oh, you know, especially with the skin suits, they'd be talking about, oh, this is like really, you know, difficult to do and I'm making holes in my kit. And I started to, you know, think, or perhaps like there is some something behind this no pins idea and if I did do it then there might be a market for it because mm. I think that's the reason why I initially just stuck it in my um stuck it in my sock drawers because I thought oh nobody would be interested in that other than me yeah so when we were watching the European championships last week we noticed that they were um the commentators were talking about speed pockets and also that a lot of the riders were wearing speed pockets. How does it feel having like having no pins be so global? Yeah, I mean it's it's mm. been it's been amazing to be honest that um you know that like I said we were just talking about being really worried about the idea would ever, ever even work. Mm. And then as soon as I um you know sort of launched the speed pocket, it was so like well accepted. Yeah. Um, and you know straight away 2015 we had speed pockets in the Tour de France wow. um, yeah. and since you know since then it's just gone on to um, it's like pretty much in the world tour now if you watch a time yeah. trial they've all got number pockets mm. um, again like the Euros and stuff and it's it's funny that the, the, the commentators are picking up on it now like it's something new but the, the guys have, the, like most of the riders have been using it for four or five years yeah. now um, but yeah, no, it's it's amazing that it's gone globally, and uh, mm. it's always still um, really proud to see it in you know the top races mm. and like the Olympics and like yeah. all these things that there's, that the speed pockets got to. It's it's a strange, it's strange that um, you know the idea has gone that far. 
Can you tell me some of the riders that you've worked with? Uh, well, I've worked with a lot of um, individuals and teams. I mean, like, you know, you've got sort of jerseys around the room here, like Contador, um, AG2R, with, um, like, we do the whole team, we've done stuff for them, yeah, like yeah. Um, Roglic, Lotto Jumbo, uh, Francais de Jure, mm. Alex Dowsett, um, yeah, Cancellara, yeah. like, oh, like, loads and loads. I mean, like, pretty much everybody to be honest like in the, like the who's who's of time trialing especially we've done something for or something with um but it's still you know still now it's still even really cool when somebody you know from the world tour comes along and says oh can you make a skin suit for us or yeah can, can we have pockets it's still i still like um you know get a bit like goosebumpy like it's like really cool because obviously yeah. i'm into cycling and i love it so um you know being able to get your products used by those people is mm. you know a yeah. bit of a dream really yeah because i remember i think it was last year in the world road championships the camera was like zooming in on the rider and you could just see the little no pin symbol and you're like oh my gosh wow that's blake it, felt, <laughs> it was crazy that that everybody was seeing that that was what the speed pockets are that that's no pins yeah i think it is it's such an incredible thing did you ever think that it would go this far? Um, I, well, the business has evolved a lot since we just did the speed pocket. Um, but yeah, I mean, we I didn't envisage that it would go as far as it has done. Um, you know, I think, and, and it, we continue to grow and come up mm. with new innovative stuff as well. So yeah. I think um, the speed pocket was like the seed idea, if you like. And then mm. since then, we've built, um, you know, a much bigger business off of the back of that, yeah. that idea. So. Yeah, because obviously now you do more than just skin suits. You do jerseys, shorts, like blizzard tops, and also you have ID kit. Can yeah. you tell me a bit about your ID kit? Yeah, so um, like you're saying, we do a whole range. Which we've got clubs that shop with us basically yeah. for everything. Um, so we do a whole range of kit via our um, club no pins platform. Mm. Um, so yeah, we we cater for um everybody in the club now not just the racers um you know obviously most of our stuff is all still quite race orientated but we do also do some like more um classic fitting kit that you know people that aren't racing would prefer and then alongside that now we also do like leisure wear for people um because it was just something we were getting asked for quite a lot Mm. because i think once um you know once you're in a club people like to represent that club and they yeah. they like to wear the kit on the bike and then they also like to if possible wear stuff off the bike as well when yeah. they're in the pits or um you know or they're your mum for example mm. she's there you know watching she might want to have like a top yeah. on or something you know to say that she's from that club mm. so um so yeah so id kit really um does that it fills that part of the market yeah because i have um for my club that i ride for i have the joggers, the t-shirt and the coat. And it's so cool that I can go to an event and I can wear that and people know, even though it is a small club, people know that I'm from that team. Yeah. And everything that I wear when whilst I'm there is like for the club. Mm. And it's so cool. Yeah. I think I... it's it's a really cool thing and I, pe- I think people really like it. Definitely. And I think um, for sponsors, it's really cool as well mm. because... You know, um, very often if you say, for example, you go and do a criterium, like it'll be an hour. So you like got an hour in the, in your Mm. actual kit, but the rest of the day you're like driving to the event, 
and then you're driving back and then you're talking to people and stuff so if you've also got off the bike wear that's mm. you know got those sponsors yeah. logos on or the club team logo on um it just it's just extra like exposure for the club all the time yeah all the all the sponsors so i think um you know the the leisure mm. wearers is important as the you know if you want to like represent your club like almost professionally yeah it's it's um it's as important as having the kit for the bike mm. so. yeah so you started out on your own how many people work at Nopens now uh so we've got 17 people that mm-hmm. work for us um at Nopens so um majority of them are full time and then we've yeah. got um a couple of part time people as well um so yeah it's gone it's gone quite big from what it originally started as when it was just when i first started it it was just me on my dining room table um yeah. at home and then uh my first we were just doing the pockets at the time and then I employed a seamstress to just fit the pockets and that was like 2014 so in the last yeah. like six years it's grown a huge amount mm. um but obviously we need more staff now because we're yeah. doing all the stuff that we just talked about earlier on like the team kit and stuff yeah and obviously you've got the really big new machines now how does it feel to now have such big stuff that works with that almost does a lot of the work for you and so do you feel like in, say, five years' time, that'll make making the kit so much easier? Yeah, so, I mean, um, it's like making cycling kit is always quite yeah. labour-intensive because there's always that element that it has to be sewn together. Yeah. Um, so And that, there's no machines that can do that because it's yeah. too intricate um, and too, um, you know, uh, like everything's like slightly different shapes and stuff, so you'd yeah. never get like a robot machine to do no. that. Um, but we've tried to make things... Uh, easier for ourselves like with like laser cutting and Mm. uh, things like that whereas before we cut it all out by hand and it would take like loads of time now we've got a laser cutter which is like a thousand times more efficient than cutting it by hand and we've got like um a big calendar heat press whereas before we used to have to put it in piece at a time now Mm. it goes through like continuously on a roll um so yeah so we've we've definitely like uh, beefed up our capacity to, to cope with the demand um, but it's it's all happened like you know it's it, it's all happened like quite fast. So I don't mm. ever really look back and think, oh, we were doing it like this. I just yeah. like this is just how we do it now. Um, but then you know, occasionally you do go in there and go, crikey, where did all this stuff come from? Like yeah. you know, it's, it's definitely gone a bit mad. Yeah, because obviously it has evolved in like the past sort of five or six years. Where do you see it in five years' time? Um, well, we hope to continue to to grow, obviously, and we want to, we're moving into a bigger factory soon. Um, we want to, um, you know, try and keep recruiting more clubs to our club nopins yeah. platform, um, and yeah, hopefully uh, evolve, uh, keep evolving the business. I mean, um, like in terms of like you know manufacturers, we're still quite small compared to your like Biorators or your Castellis and like these massive um, European companies. But I think. Um, there's definitely an appetite in the UK now for sort of people having their stuff made in the UK because of Brexit yeah. and all that sort of stuff as well. Mm. So, um, so yeah, we'd like to be like the uh, number one like supplier of club kit in the you know in the UK. Really, I think we're we're already doing quite well, but we'd like mm. to like have like you know more of a market share. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. What's your favourite no pins product? Um, I think still the probably like the speed pocket really I mean it's yeah. like I went to a time trial myself yesterday and it's just like I just 
I, every time I use it, I still like sort of like you know marvel at how simple it is. Just a really yeah. simple little idea, and you just mm. stick your number in there. Didn't have to you know ask anyone else to pin it on for me. Didn't yeah. damage my skin suit, and then you know it's mm. completely flat and aero. Um, yeah. I mean, I suppose like my second favorite products would be like our skin suits. Yeah. Um, we've developed a few different skin suits over the mm. years now, and um, you know it's also really nice to ride in one of your own skin suits that you've yeah. made yourself which is cool yeah because so. I have one of the skin suits my skin suit's quite a few years old so I'm sure you have more evolved ones but the skin suit that I have it's so much easier when you go to races and you just put the number in and then you're ready and it doesn't ruin the number it's like the number's brand new almost Oh, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad we had a shout out there. That's good. So now you're back on the bike and getting some great results. How did that all start? Um, so, uh, like, after I had my surgery, I had those few years when my back was really bad. And um, the reason it was, like, uh, bad was because the surgery wasn't successful. And yeah. they put, like, metal, um, metal work in my back that was meant to come out. Mm-hmm. And then when the surgery didn't, wasn't a success they couldn't take the metal work out um and it so it took like a long time for that to settle down but i remember at the time the consultant saying like one day it might all settle down as like bone starts to form around like the metal work and stuff then you you know you might start to feel like less pain and and feel better mm-hmm. um so uh like a couple of years ago i was like i just started to feel a bit better again yeah and i was like coming off the medication um and i, mm. and I just felt um like better in myself less back pain so i thought oh, yeah. i'll get myself a, a watt bike mm. and the intention at the time was just to just do some light training and like yeah. not take anything too seriously yeah. not definitely not race just mm-hmm. you know not you know essentially not try and hurt myself so i just um i bought the watt bike and I started doing some sessions um, mm. and I, like, I was really apprehensive that it wouldn't, you know, like my back would get bad again. Yeah. Um, but it didn't. And then I thought, oh, you know, I'll get, I'll see, I'll get myself a road bike and see mm. if I can ride on the road. And I got a road bike and I was riding on the road and that was going okay. And then naturally sort of once a racer, I think you're always a racer. Yeah. And it's like, it was then like, mm, do you know what? My numbers are looking sort of okay on the Watt bike. I wonder yeah. if I do some more like structured training if I can get back to where I was before so like yeah it's gradually developed over the last couple of years and I'm back sort of um you know uh, competing a bit now doing some time trials uh racing on swift um I did do a few road races and stuff last year but to be honest I wasn't really ready for it at the time I wasn't back to my uh back to my full strength um so whilst I enjoyed it I got a bit of a kicking but this year I'm a, I'm a lot stronger because I've had another winter of training yeah. behind me. Um, unfortunately, like because of COVID, there's no road races or crits yeah. or anything really. Um, but so, yeah, so I've taken to racing swift and got back time trying. Yeah. So. I know you did really well in the Southwest Swift series and you have been ranked ninth in the Swift World Rankings. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, so, um, so the Southwest series was... Um, uh, put on by the Southwest uh, Road Race Group because there was no road racing going on because of COVID. They thought, oh, they'll put a, like a Swift series on. I was a bit anti it. I suppose I was a bit old school. I was like, oh, Swift racing. <laughs> um, so, uh, but then, yeah, I did one. Um, and I thought, oh, actually, this is quite cool. If you take away that, you know, I think a lot of people get um, hung up on, they think people are cheating in Swift because they put their weights in wrong or mm, their, their yeah. power meters aren't right or whatever. 
Um, so I just always took it with a bit of a pinch of salt, the results mm. that were coming yeah. through. But I just enjoyed that competitive um, element. Yeah. So when the Southwest guys put on the series, I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll I'll uh, I'll do that, and it will give me something as a bit of a yeah. like focus because. Um, I've always been one of those people that I like to have a goal or something mm, yeah. to train for. Um, so I just used it for that, really, to train for that. Yeah. So, yeah, and it went it went better than expected, to be mm. honest. Um, so, yeah, and, and the first series I was um, third. And then the next series I won because they did two series. Yeah. Um, and then following on from that, I've sort of learned a bit more about swift racing and I've been racing some of the bigger races. And it's a bit like we were talking earlier on about... Um, ranking points yeah. um in swift it's worked slightly differently um if you do like the the bigger the race the less points it has so uh, um yeah. so basically you get like a score from five from your five best races and the lowest score means you get a better ranking oh okay. so it works sort of a bit in reverse yeah. just to be just to be weird um but yeah so um i've done some good races on there and had some had some good results yeah. um and uh yeah so you've got like swift power which are like the guys that do all the uh rankings and all that sort of stuff yeah. and i've i've been like floating around the top 10 in in the world rankings on there because yeah. i've had some good results um in some of the bigger races yeah. now um so yeah so it's really cool it's nice mm. to uh nice to do that so yeah uh, yeah it sounds really cool Where's your favourite place to ride? On the road or in the in the virtual world? Both. Both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, like on the road, I just really like. I suppose I, I like doing like the Powlers Loop and stuff like that. Yeah. Everyone around here loves the Powlers yeah, Loop. It's nice to go around the Powlers Loop. Um, but I've also got like um, a loop that I like now that goes up up the old uh, Barnsville Road, like where mm. you live, and then um, yeah, it just loops out out round to Biddeford. About yeah. just about like a 20 mile ride I just really enjoy mm. that for like going out after work if you've had like a busy stressful day mm. just go out yeah. for a chilled hour it's quite nice to go around there um mm. or Powlers if you're going for a bit of a uh, bit of a longer one than a you know yeah. bit of a smash um and then like uh like in like in Swift and stuff I mean there's some really cool courses on there I suppose yeah. my um my favorite one at the moment is probably like the Champs-Élysées one I always think that's quite cool because it's like you know obviously they race on there in the Tour de France. Yeah. So to have like a virtual version of that and to yeah. feel what it's like to be going up one side and it's really hard yeah. and then back down the other side it's really fast. It's a cool course and I've had quite a few wins on that course as well, mm. so I like it for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't do a huge amount of zifting, but I always like the ones where you're going through like water tunnels or in that giant forest. But I think I always love to go out on the road. That's always good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely different. Swift's like just a different... It's almost like a different discipline. But yeah, yeah. It's, you mean, you know, it's never going to... I think they have got steering on there now, which is like right. you can buy, you can get a steering unit and steer Gosh. on steer on some of the things on Swift now, but it's never going to replicate, like you guys like the off-road, yeah. so it's never going to really replicate riding off-road. Um, you know, even if you can steer, it's not like, you know, yeah. you've got to have bike handling skills to, to yeah. do well on there. Um, but yeah, it's good fun. In the future, they'll have like virtual reality and it will look so realistic. It'll be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I reckon they probably will. You're right. And then yeah. you'll, you'll probably be able to like lean the bike in and yeah. stuff. Do you prefer to ride alone or with other people? Um, I, t I tend to end up riding alone quite a lot. Um, I mean, this probably sound quite big headed, but like when I go out, if I go out riding, like there's not many people that I can ride with like locally and, and yeah. like not 
not drop them so yeah. it's like yeah. so it's um yeah so it, it's always it's always difficult because if yeah. you go on a like a group ride or something and then you're sitting on the front and you're riding at the pace that's like your endurance pace yeah there's a lot of people that are at the back not enjoying it yeah. thinking that you're going like really hard so yeah. it tends to be just easier just to ride by yourself i mean occasionally mm. i'll go out and do like uh like biddeford peloton like tuesday night yeah smash round powlers which is quite good fun because yeah. they have that as like a um like a bit like a handicap they yeah. set everybody off in different groups so yeah. and then you can like try and catch everybody up and yeah. uh yeah and it makes it a bit more fun so you still get that group element but you don't get people moaning at you that you're going yeah. too hard all the time so uh so that's quite good fun but yeah otherwise i tend to just do it mm. on my own and yeah. i'm also busy so it's like um with this place so it's like if i can grab an hour it's yeah. just grab an hour get out for a ride mm. or get on the what bike or whatever yeah so who's your favorite current rider um favorite current rider i think like oh, well i'm sort of fr- i'm friends uh friends with alex and like I, i've always like um liked him as a rider i think he's just a really nice guy and um yeah i think that you know it, it's always good to see him doing well but i mean like in terms of like flamboyancy and stuff i really like alaphilippe and mm. i still really like sargon obviously sargon's getting a bit older now and yeah. starting to come to the end of maybe the end of his career mm. but i like riders like that you know in the races that are like really attacking yeah. and light it all up and make it exciting yeah. um yeah that's that's my probably my favorite at the moment would probably be alaphilippe for that because yeah. he just fearless he just goes for mm-hmm. it rather than just sitting in the bunch all day which is yeah, yeah. what a lot of them do so yeah who's your favorite rider of all time um of all time i mean we talked about him earlier i mean like i, I still really like lance armstrong i think um obviously his results are like questionable now you know and like mm. but you know some people say everyone was doping back then but i think he was like he was a bit of an enigma he was like you know mm. he transformed cycling really um from like a sort of a you know a backwater sort of like unknown sport to yeah. something that was like global and really known um yeah. and i think he's quite charismatic as a as a yeah. as a guy yeah so i i still really like him um and then um i mean if i was picking like so anybody else it would probably it probably be like Sargon I think be like you know as a, of the current generation mm. I think he's like yeah just can win on so many different courses um and yeah he's got so much like charisma and like he brings like you know um a different element to cycling which you know let's face it it can be a bit boring sometimes yeah. unless it's a mountain stage or you know something like that if it's like a sprint stage you can sit mm. there all day and like watch mm. the telly and hardly mm. anything happens until the yeah. last 20 kilometers so um so yeah what are your plans for the future oh that's a big question <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> for life or uh, for, for cycling um, cycling just generally yeah um so yeah i suppose um i want to keep developing this place like we've talked about mm-hmm. um you know and um yeah and, and then on, alongside that i want to try and um continue to develop my riding again Mm-hmm. I feel like because um, I had had so long off, it was like four years I was off and I didn't ride at all for. It's almost like I've started again, yeah. and I keep finding that I'm getting slightly better. Like you know, you have to ride. Yeah. You know, to to get good at cycling, you have to ride a lot, and um, the more you ride, the sort of better you get to a mm-hmm. point. Obviously, that you you yeah. reach a ceiling, but it's been quite cool that I've seen you know seen uh, progression again. Yeah. So um, so yeah, so I'm I'm just enjoying that. 
um, mm. and I'd like to uh, you know try and get back to somewhere near the level I was back in 2014 yeah. when I was like doing really really well you've got five minutes before a race what's on your playlist to get you motivated uh, I've been listening to um, lately. I've been listening to a warehouse dance party um, playlist <laughs> on um, on Spotify. There's all different songs on there, but it's quite yeah, quite <laughs> beaty, quite pumping. So uh, yeah, I've, I do quite enjoy listening to that at the moment. So uh, yeah, it's just I only, I found it recently actually, but it's like Swift racing. It's quite like we were talking about earlier on. It's quite intense. So I tend mm. to put something like that on during during that. Yeah. So. Uh, Everyone hears it, 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 it says that's a bit young for you, but you know, there we go. So, <laughs> what's your advice for young riders? Um, I think, like, for younger riders coming into it, I think um, I hear a lot like youngsters now, like, they look up to the elder riders and they look at like people like training by power and yeah. like all that sort of stuff. And I think maybe that some riders get into that a bit too early. Yeah. I think to begin with, you've just got to really enjoy it. Mm. um not take you know not take it too seriously learn to ride your bike um like properly like have good bike handling skills and learn how like race craft and that yeah. sort of thing is probably more important than like um you know smashing it with a power meter when you're yeah. like 15 years old or whatever yeah. um and uh like when you're you know um a junior or a youth i think it's hard to tell what your your abilities are going to be yeah. as when you get a little bit older so you shouldn't put too much pressure on yourself and just really like really enjoy it and um learn about like the sport in terms of like we were saying like positioning and bike handling and all those sort of things i think they're they're far more important when you're younger than um what watts you can put out and then as you get you know as you as you learn all that other stuff you'll probably find that you start to do really well anyway you know or if you don't then just enjoy riding the bike and you know that you can compete the the great thing with cycling is you can compete in so many different disciplines and at so many different levels so you haven't got to be Bradley Wiggins to have fun you know or do well at cycling you can compete at time trialing in your class or whatever so yeah just enjoy it would be my my advice and see what happens that's good so, advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining me today, Blake. That's yeah, okay. I've, I've been. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I hope I haven't rambled on too much. <laughs> no, it's been very interesting. I really enjoyed talking to Blake, and I found it really interesting that Nopin started off with such a simple idea, and now it's become such a big thing. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can check out our Instagram at cycling.talk.podcast. And you can find our podcast on Spotify, Acast or via my website. See you on the bike.